You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go oh man i got way too much stuff going on what is going on everybody it is friday we are heading into the bulk of week four we had what ended up being a very good game last night between the new york jets and the denver broncos we of course got dennis and matt here with us how you gentlemen doing today I am doing outstanding. Knocked out a nice chunk of the honeydew list today and did a little show prep. Got some editing done early. I've had a very productive day. Decorated the the pod cave. Yeah, the jersey is nice. Yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to get yourself some flags, some other I got a bunch of stuff like sitting right here that I just I'm can't. working on it. My wife's always like, you gotta let me decorate. And I'm like, you can just you know, I got a couple things I need to finish. Got to install a heater and whatnot. Well, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it was a late night, but you go to sleep a lot happier when you beat the Jets than if you would have lost the Jets. Uh, so yeah. at least there's that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was going to say at least, you know, at least one of us is going to be happy this weekend because, you know, I don't know. Detroit, don't they have a tough game? No, they. I think Detroit. I might. I regret my Saints pick being published because the Saints we'll talk about. But Janoris Jenkins and uh, Marshawn Lattimore are out. Michael Thomas and Jared Cook are out. Oh yeah, did not a good, good not a good sign. Hey, you can you can always change it. Doesn't matter what you put in the article. It just matters what's on the app. You can go back in there and change it. That doesn't matter. 
All right, let's let's talk about that Thursday night game where, as I was telling Matt off air here a minute ago, I'm going to be 100% honest. I, I wasn't like – it was a good game up until halftime, but there was a lot of penalties and everything. So when halftime rolled around, I was tired. I was like, you know what? I really don't want to watch the rest of this game. So apparently there's a lot of scoring that happened in the second half. So, Matt, tell us what happened in that Jets-Denver Broncos game. Yeah, well uh... – Brett Rippon was sometimes good, sometimes not. He threw three interceptions, including one uh, brutal pick six. Uh, Fant got hurt. Hamler got hurt. But Melvin Gordon, I, I told you, was going to have a good game. I think you can run on the Jets. You could indeed run on the Jets. He put up two touchdowns. Jerry Judy had his first uh, touchdown. And Tim Patrick looks like a beast on the outside. Um, you know, he's moving into that starting starting role. The Jets actually came from behind and they were down 11, uh, 27 to 16. They went up 28, 27. I thought this is not a great sign. Brandon McManus made two field goals from beyond 53 yards. Uh, the second one put them back up 30 to 28. And then um, the Jets had uh, a full full blown Jets series of horrific play calls. Uh, Bradley Chubb was able to put some pressure. Darnold appeared to sack himself at uh, yeah. at one point. He appeared to to trip on his own hubris and fall on the ground. Uh, and then Melvin Gordon iced it with a forty three yard touchdown run uh, that kind of put the game out of reach. Uh, but the, a lot of chippiness right to the end. A lot was made. Um, Fangio did not go to meet Gase. He, you could see him running that. and telling his players to get the F to the locker room. Uh, and they asked him afterward, and he said, considering that they had two or three personal foul penalties in the last five seconds uh, when the game was pretty much over, he wanted to avoid some kind of a fight. It looked like Garrett Bowles was ready to go murder a jet, so he just grabbed people and took them to the locker room. So a classy way to end a classy game. I mean, so it, was a, it was a typical Greg Williams game. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, you expect six, anything uh, anything six, less from Greg Williams? Six personal foul penalties on Greg Williams' defense last night. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I loved it when he was the defensive coordinator of the Browns, especially when he he took over as head coach and got us all those wins. But uh, now nah, on the opposite team, I'm I want I want nothing to do with them. So. Uh, I do know that obviously Tim Patrick had a good game here for the Broncos. Is he a guy that you want to monitor moving forward, especially with Cortland Sutton being out the rest of the year and possibly Fant now missing some time with the ankle injury? They did say this morning Fant looks like he's going to be okay, which I please God be true. Uh, but yeah, Tim Patrick I think should be owned everywhere. I, I said yesterday I thought he might be the one that would have – a decent game. He has experience yep. with Locke, but he also had a lot of experience with Brett Ripon. Um, I think if you picked up Blake Bortles on spec, that's over because if Locke yep. can't go, I'm sure they're going to play Ripon again because he played well enough and they want to see what they got. And I think uh, St. Patrick's Day was yesterday with the game that he had, Phil. Just a day, just a day late, just one day late, which I, reminds me, Phil. Thank you for popping in and commenting because I keep forgetting to talk about this. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, have a chance to win an Alvin Kamara signed jersey. So keep forgetting to talk about that on the podcast. I know there's some people that do just listen to the podcast and don't necessarily follow us on Twitter. So thought I'd throw that out there. All right. On the Jet side here, obviously, um, yeah. Not really much going forward. A Crowder had a good game, which was is good to see him back on the field. I did have him in a couple lineups last night, so it was good to see him actually come through and produce. You know who wasn't good to have in your lineups last night? Chris Herndon. 
yeah, yeah, Chris Herndon, he sucks. Yeah, those uh, Eric Ebron, Jonu Smith stacked with her uh, Herndon uh, on about a half a dozen lineups didn't go so well for me yesterday. No, I was I was just telling Matt beforehand that um, I oh, in my main dynasty league I was setting I set all my lineups on Thursdays. I like try to wait as long as I possibly can to do this. I've always go back through and check them on Sundays, but I was setting all my lineups Thursday and. In my main dynasty league, I apparently fat fingered in Chris Herndon when I had George Kittle, who I thought is who I clicked on. And I went in today with the Hopkins news, who we'll get to. And I picked up Greg Ward because I wanted to have someone who plays Sunday or Monday night. So I picked up Greg Ward, went to go rechange my lineup, and I saw the check mark on MFL next to Chris Herndon. I was like, wait, what? No. No, 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 no. I did not start Chris Herndon. I started George Kittle going, nope, nope, sure enough, got my whopping one six points from Chris Herndon last night. So super thrilled. I'm going to take another loss in my main dynasty league, but that, that's what I get for being an idiot. All right, so on to the Jets anyways, um, who are also led by an idiot head coach. So kind of like we, me and me and Adam Gase, we've got a lot in common here. There is a chance that Bell can be back next week in week five. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bell coming back? Really anybody outside of Crowder, because I think if you've got Crowder, you're starting him at least in a flex spot. He's good to go, but you've got Smith. I can't remember what his first name is, but he had a good game last night. Jeff Smith, that's right. Everybody was talking about him today. The guy who nobody remembers scouting uh, as he came out of the draft. Uh, Jeff Smith, who did get a lot of targets yesterday as well. He had no snaps in any of the three games prior. I was looking... um, I can't. I think it's Tom Klesenberry put up the the Jets receiver snaps. They said "well of sadness" hashtag Jets. And I was looking at the the snap distribution, and your guy Braxton Berrios went from being a huge part of the offense to now we're not going to use him. We're going to use this Jeff Smith. Well, I think they intended to use Berrios. They just missed a few times. Uh, you know that that offense in general. You have Darnold as a low end too. He'll pop like he did last night, 23.6, if he connects on a couple passes, if somebody makes something happen. But when Bell comes back, Gase has already shown uh, a disdain for properly using Lev Bell and pretty much anybody else on that team. And uh, for whatever, you know, I I guess, uh, you know, we can toss Sam Darnold into the Josh Rosen bin because the Jets are going for Trevor, it looks like. Because they said, no, uh, Gase isn't going anywhere. Uh, I, I think you roll your Jets out there other than Darnold or Crowder as low-end players uh, with hesitation. Yeah, me and Matt actually talked about that a couple weeks. Was that It was a couple weeks ago, right? Was it on last week's show Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday? We talked about if was it the Jets, Giants, or Broncos, because they all obviously the Broncos have won now, but they those three were the lowest teams so far in the NFL. If all three of them ended as like those top three picks, would any of them actually take Trevor Lawrence? And I said if I was any of them, I'd take Trevor Lawrence. So that'll be interesting. We we talked did about you, how Drew, uh, did you see uh, Greenberg's uh, I did. I saw the if, yeah, uh, if the I Jets the have the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence should go back to Clemson. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, we talked about on there that we thought if any of them did that, it would be smart because you can still, I think, get decent draft capital for a Daniel Jones or Drew Locke. But Sam Darnold, we were kind of worried with as bad as he has looked, and he hasn't shown the flashes. that like He's shown a flash here and there, but not multiple flashes like Locke and Jones have. We were curious as to what, if the Jets did do that and end up taking Trevor Lawrence, what they could get for a guy like a uh, Supposedly, like though. 
there's a report out that John Gruden really would like to figure out a way to get Sam Darnold. I, so there's know, always, I wouldn't, there's I wouldn't always, hate him. So you just need one true believer, and you can get value for anyone. Oh, I mean, that's the thing, though. Is there's just so many teams that could use him, and you got. I mean, I know that, like for instance, Cam Newton has been really good with New England, but he only signed the one year deal. You're telling me if New England were like, hey, yeah, we'll give you our, <clears throat> they're gonna make the playoffs and probably have another good run. So you're talking about, okay, yeah, we'll give you the 26 whatever pick for Sam Darnold, and the Jets take it that. Bill Belichick won't be able to turn Sam Darnold around. Yeah, I'll bet on Bill Belichick nine out nine out of ten. No, eleven out of ten times that he'll be able to do something good for Sam Darnold. So yeah, it it'll be interesting to see. I don't think the Jets will finish as the worst team, but I could be very wrong about that. I could be very wrong about that. I think they're going to get like two wins, three wins. I, I felt like you know coming out, I knew Darnold had some mobility, but the long run aside, I mean he. He looked quick, quicker than I than I remembered him him being. So it's you know he seems to have okay pocket presence. Uh, seems to do an okay job sensing when the pressure is coming. So there's there's a lot to work with there. And what he's he's what twenty two now. Two, yeah. He's going into his third. He's what in his third year. Yep. So this is the season they have to decide if they're going to pick up that fifth year option. I mean. 22 years old in his third year in the NFL. Oh, I don't think Darnold is bad at all. I think he's good. I honestly think it's the team around. No, I shouldn't say the team around him. They have good pieces around him. I think it's the coaching. It's the infrastructure. Yeah, he, I just, I don't, uh, yeah. That's how Darnold got so fast. He's been practicing for when he can run away from Adam Gase. Right. Hopefully sooner rather than later, at least for his career. Moving on to the Sunday games. The first one up here, we have the 2-1 Colts against the 3-0 Bears. For Indy, we have uh, Jonathan Taylor coming. This consensus rankings. Jonathan Taylor coming in RB5. Naheem Hines, 31. And my goodness, you can tell I have college on the brain. I wanted Mo to say, no, no, I know. I know. I wanted to say DeMonte Coxie because I have college stuff going on in my head right now. Uh, Mo Alley Cox at tight end 17. We did see uh, Cox thrive last week with Doyle. I'm going to say the full name. I just feel like that's not going to trend well here on the podcast. We saw Mo Alley Cox thrive well here with Doyle back last week. Is he the tight end to own in Indy? I mean, I think it's going to end up being a mess um, because we know that Doyle is super reliable, but for him to come back and not get any targets, that's that's a little peculiar. So now, I, you know, it feels like we're going to have a week next week where Doyle gets seven targets and Cox gets one or two, and, and now you're you're starting to ride that tight end roller coaster. I, I think Cox is is okay. He's he's athletic, uh, but it's it's you know they need to figure out who's going to be the guy there. And and when your wide receivers are going haywire and you're losing Campbell and you're losing Pittman and uh, Hilton is underperforming, you know now they're I, I think Indianapolis is in that we got to kind of figure out what we're going to do with this passing game. And, and now it it's going to be probably a frustrating few weeks while Indianapolis figures out exactly uh, what that usage is going to be. Yeah. And just to add more sadness to the fire, I saw some Indianapolis people talking about Trey Burton's getting close to coming back off IRs. So, you know, if there was, 
if there was ever a time where he could just come back and murder everyone's fantasy hopes, uh, this would be it. Um, but I guess Cox feels Mo Ali Cox feels. Yes, yeah, totally. we're, we're really earning our, earning yeah. our parental advisory uh, for actually naming players. <laughs> what you're saying? You're, you're not feeling Cox this week? Is that what? No, I mean? <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Matt's going to the Dallas game, so maybe. <sighs> Cowboy country. Can't wait. Uh, anyway, wait. there's going to be a lot of cocks seems... around me right now. I can promise you that. And I'm not talking about Mo Alley. Continue. <laughs> Mo Alley seems like he might be the, <laughs> like, the best option to start this week, which is exactly why, yes, Dennis said Jack Doyle is going to get 12 targets and catch 10 passes. And you're going to wonder what, what went wrong with your life. Yeah, It'll be for 37 yards and two touchdowns. but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, the full Dontrell Inman. Yeah, on um Chicago side here, I I will say one thing really quick. I'm a little bit worried. I, I know Chicago has a really bad run defense, but I am a little bit worried that Jonathan Taylor's not going to have a huge game here, just because it seems like Frank Reich is is trying to pull his best. Uh, who am I thinking of? Bill Belichick here, and, and throwing in like multiple running backs for no reason. So, well, they for, when you have a talent like Wilkins, how can you not run him out? There? You know, that's like a good twenty point. times a game. My bad. I did forget about how good Wilkins is on Chicago. I mean, I wasn't that I was high on him, but not like higher than Taylor. I would definitely take Taylor over him. I wasn't that high on him. I liked Wilkins. I didn't like him that much. Uh, Let's see here. For Chicago's side, David Montgomery, we have an RB16. Allen Robinson, wide receiver, nine. Jimmy Graham, tight end, 14. Are we expecting to see more consistency out of guys like Graham and Robinson now with Nick Foles at the starting quarterback position? Let's hope so. I mean, I'm forced to start Graham as my second tight end in a flex spot this week. So uh, he's not going to do anything because he did it all last week uh, because that's what I deserve in 2020. Um, (laughs) But I I, I think Graham, he is – a little bit um, Nick Foles related, but he just feels like he's in he's in that phase of his he's in that Jack Doyle type of phase. He's not a super athlete anymore, but he's he's solid. He's got good hands. Uh, he'll get open in that you know inside a ten yard range uh, because he can he can keep the defender away from the ball. So. If the the quarterback just has to have the confidence that he can get the ball where he wants it, and that's probably the biggest difference between Trubisky and Foles. I, I think Foles believes, "Hey, I can get that ball in that two foot square," and Trubisky's like, "I think I probably need a four foot square," and, and so that that defender looks a little bit close. So, I I could see Graham in that staying around that tight end twelve fourteen range going forward with Foles. Yeah, I think Robinson and Graham uh, hopefully will will level out a little bit because they're doing pretty well. Graham has three touchdowns in three games, which is pretty good. I think Chicago has been looking the last couple seasons to have a solid tight end presence. That's probably why they made the move to get Trey Burton a couple of years. Anyway, that just didn't work out. It feels like it's working out a little bit better with Jimmy Graham. The question for me is whether we can actually start to see Anthony Miller uh, develop because, you know, I think Foles – 
Foles seems to fit in that offense. It's back in a scheme that he's familiar with and feels comfortable with. That's one of the reasons that they got him. And Chicago actually looks like they're a little bit back to where they were a couple of years ago when they were able to win the North and, and make a playoff run. All right, so our Thrive Fantasy bet for this one is Allen Robinson over under on the 5.5 receptions, and I am going over. I do think, uh, as I mentioned, the Bears have a really bad run defense. I think Taylor is going to be able to run on them a little bit. I'm not – Indy actually has a surprisingly very good defense for I, – I mean – them to get beat up by Jacksonville. I think a lot of people think Indy's defense is bad, but they do. I think that Nick Foles and the Bears are going to have to throw to keep up here with the Colts. So I am going to say over on Robinson. What about you two? Yeah, I, I'd take the over as well. I mean, you know, Robinson is the alpha receiver there. Um, Miller may pop, Graham may pop, but Robinson is going to get his typically nine to 12 targets a game. And uh, Nagy, I think, knows that he needs to to feed that guy. Uh, we, we've seen what he has done over the course of his career with a series of terrible quarterbacks. Foles, um, well, I don't think anybody is going to call him a, a Hall of Famer or or elite, is probably the best quarterback that Robinson has played with in, in his career. So uh, you, you, get the, you get the ball to the guy that makes the plays, and that's Allen Robinson. So I think uh, a 5.5 over is, is where I'd be at. Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. All right. Who are we picking to win this game? I almost forgot about that. I am taking the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to go Indianapolis too, I guess. I'm taking the Bears. Interesting. I almost did go Bears, but I just – um, No, well, I Matt was so upset with both of us going Colts there, he just decided <laughs> to leave. So. Yeah, I was saying I'm only really going cold because I'm I'm hoping Jonathan Taylor has a big game because I need it this week badly. Hey, he's back, so you weren't that upset about us picking the Colts. Okay, we're 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 still no. good. Apparently, my internet was upset about me picking the Bears. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, Cincinnati and Jacksonville, the Jags at one and two, and Cincinnati at o two and one. On Jacksonville side, we have Minshew coming in at eighteen, James Robinson at twelve, and DJ Chark at twenty four. Obviously, we have James Robinson as a top 12 play this week. What would you pay to get him in a dynasty or redraft league? I probably, I'm probably not going to get him because it's in dynasty because I think right now the owner is going to want a first round pick. And I don't know if I believe. Uh, in James Robinson uh, beyond this season, so I, I'd probably, I'd probably do a second if I'm gonna. I, I would, I would have to. It would have to be a package deal with probably somewhere between two to four pieces on each side for me to get it done. I, I think in redraft, you know, if I if I could get somebody to take. Kenyon Drake off my hands, plus, you know, maybe they needed a tight end. Maybe, oh, Jimmy, if, if I'd send, you know, Drake and Graham for Robinson, if I needed needed a running back, uh, I think that would be something I you may be able to convince somebody of in, in redraft. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm with you. I, I kind of thought this was a good question to bring up because we've seen a lot of people posting different trades in that first round 
pick is basically where we're at for uh, James Robinson. You've seen that go through a lot. And personally, I'm not ready to pay that yet. There's a couple of things I would want to see. I want to see, does he continue to just be the alpha dog back when other backs become available? Because we still haven't seen some of those other running backs, uh, Divina Zigbo or Reichwell Armstead become available. Do they start getting some carries? Does that pull his value down a little bit? And the other, to me, the, the biggest unknown, if you're talking about dynasty, is we don't think the Jaguars are very good. They have shown some flashes, but they're still one and two. They still could be like a two, three win team. They're not necessarily ruled out of like the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, although Minshew has looked pretty good, but they could also bottom out. If they bottom out, GM, coach probably gone. When new people come in, sometimes they want to change things. They want to go get their guys. It's not like James Robinson was an undrafted free agent. He's been a very good find for them. He's done very well for them. I don't know that I feel like after three games of the season, there's a ton of security. And if you're trading a first-round pick from from next year's draft, you're kind of banking on James Robinson having a long and secure future yeah. to me. Yeah, he split evenly last week with Chris Thompson. They both mm-hmm. played 30 snaps. And so to me, you know, that's a a little bit scary when it comes to usage, let's see, he played 51 in week two to Thompson's 41% of the snaps. So I don't, I don't know if, uh, if I'm ready to give up uh, a first round pick for that. Yeah. I think for me, I would, I would, if I'm contending this year, I'm willing to give a second, but that's it. I'm not giving a first. I, I saw a bunch of people talking about first, first and fourths or a second and a third, like, I even think a second and a third might be a little bit too much. But again, if you're if you're competing this year and you have a chance to win it, and like for me, I lost Barkley. I might be willing to give a second and third for Robinson just because it gives you what looks like going to be a secured running back moving forward. But I think you really have to know you're in it to win it this year. And I, even then, I think that's a little bit much. A second and a third, that's a lot. I, then again, I'm someone who is always very fascinated with draft picks, so it's very hard for me to to give those up because I, I believe – that I'm the Bill Belichick of drafting when really I'm I'm the Adam Gase of drafting. I just draft the guys that I like, like Akeem Butler and Jordan Wilkins and Dawson well, Knox, and none of them ever pan out. Everybody loves a good tight end, though. That is true. That is true. Everybody loves a good tight end. The Buffalo will break out at tight end here in about three years. Yeah, hey, that's great. It'll be right as George Kittle's hitting the de- decline, and Butler will have his his two good years or something like that. I'm never getting rid of him, just like I'm never getting rid of Odell Beckham, even though he sucks. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow coming in at 13, Joe Mixon 18, and Tyler Boyd at 17. Uh, we saw Higgins obviously had the big game last week. Are we expecting that to be a repeat? And what are we? What do you two think on Drew Sample? He comes in as tight end twenty-one in our consensus rankings. I think we are probably at a point, seeing what we've gotten from AJ Green these three weeks, that uh, T. Higgins replacing AJ Green may be coming quicker than we at first realized, um, but. I'm not ready to just roll them out there as a no-brainer start. Give, given this week with two unexpected buys uh, from teams, um, there there is one place where I actually run really deeply where I throw them in uh, to the flex 
to a flex spot, and I'm hopeful. Um, it does seem like they want to get him involved. They've decided that finally that John Ross is probably not the, the answer for them. Uh, you know, we saw Auden Tate active, but he doesn't seem to be rising up. It seems to be kind of those three guys. Um, so I'm hopeful we'll, we'll see a little better game from Higgins sample. I don't know. We, it seemed like the first couple of weeks Burrow was using the tight end a lot last week, one, one catch for one yard for, for sample. Um, it's not a terrible matchup, but you'd like to see a little bit more consistently at see, I think we're still at a phase with Joe Burrow being kind of so new to the NFL that we're still kind of seeing where, uh, he's going to land and who he's going to focus and rely on. Yeah. I, I like Higgins a lot and I think he's, he's definitely the third wide receiver there. He may play more snaps than AJ green, but green is going to be the starter unless they're starting three wide receivers. I think they will continue to go with that veteran deference. Green is going to have to start to produce though. Um, you know, he can't have those, you know, 12 target three catch games like he did a couple weeks ago when uh, other guys are, are holding onto the ball. It's, it's a situation where that team is probably going to be playing from behind a good amount. Uh, they've got a They've shown that despite Burrow being a rookie, they're perfectly fine slinging it 60 times a game, um, which uh, makes my, uh, portfolio of Joe Mixon shares weep. But uh, I think that, you know, when, when, when I think flex, I look at the leagues that we, we play in and most of our leagues are two running back, three wide receiver and two to three flexes. So with that setup of possibly starting as many as six wide receivers, I think, especially as we head into the bye weeks and we're we're in injury apocalypse and 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 the era of COVID, I think you're looking at uh, Higgins as an every week start, pretty much. I think it, it's going to be a it, it's two weeks from now we're going to be talking about how uh, uh, Khalif Raymond is an every week flex play. <laughs> he was last week. Yeah, Don't get him started. On uh, on T. Higgins, I want to see it one more week before I'm going to believe in it. Obviously, it looked good, but he hasn't done much up until last week. I do think me and Matt talked about it a little bit on Monday. Some of that has to do with, I think, A.J. Green just really outside of that first game has not looked good. And I understand we're only – this is now going to be the fourth game. So I, I still want to see it a little bit more. I agree with Dennis on the fact that if it's something where, you know, you're starting six players and yeah, he's probably in your flex, but if you're talking lower end, maybe two or three flexes, I want to see it one more week. Now, if you were killed with, we keep, we didn't mention this off the top, although everybody I'm sure knows about this Tennessee and Pittsburgh are technically on a buy now this week due to the COVID cases in Tennessee. So if you had heavy shares into Tennessee or Pittsburgh and you're having to lean on somebody, there's not a lot of guys on the waiver where you're going to find with more upside than, than T Higgins. So I'm, I'd be all in for, for putting him in there as well. As for sample, after the big fat zero he gave me last week, I'm fine leaving him on my bench and just taking a zero in the spot with not having him in there until I can see it again. I am taking, since I did this last week and it failed me, I am taking Joe Burrow's Bengals to get their first win this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who are you guys picking? 
I'm going to roll with the Bengals too. Uh, God help Cincinnati fans, but I also picked the Bengals. So uh, congratulations, Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Next up, the two and one Cleveland Browns against the one and two Dallas Cowboys. Your boy, hopefully, is going to be at that game. Looks like I'm going to be there. Cannot wait. Should be a lot of fun uh, to watch the Browns lose. On the Browns' side, though, Baker Mayfield coming in at QB14, Nick Chubb at RB6, Kareem Hunt at RB14, and Odell Beckham Jr. at wide receiver 16. Um, he was Hunt was limited in practice today. We saw him and Odell land on the injury report yesterday. We talked a little bit about it. Odell is now off. Hunt is still on there, but he did practice. Are you guys worried at all? Again, groin injury on a running back. Are you worried at all about him going into this game this weekend? Well, I, I think you'll have a little bit of concern, but we're you know we're headed into week four, and for the most part, for the next. 12 weeks, people are not going to be a hundred percent healthy. Um, if uh, uh, it, it's definitely worth monitoring throughout the weekend to see what the reports say. And if uh, Cleveland somehow manages to get a lead, it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, Nick Chubb get extended run, but I would expect that they're going to go into the game with the same type of plan they've been using They'll use a generous portion of Chubb and of Hunt. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can keep Dallas from getting out ahead of them. Uh, I think that's probably the bigger concern is uh, are, is Cleveland going to uh, keep Dallas out of the end zone and be able to, to use Chubb as a runner? Or is this going to be one of those games like, uh, what was it, week one, where Chubb averaged six yards a carry. Uh, he just only carried the ball ten times. We don't need those type of games. See, I don't think Cleveland's going to keep Dallas out of the end zone, but I still think they're going to use Chubb because Chubb and Hunt, they've seen, have been weapons. And, uh, you know, I think it's the same way as when you're playing a team like the Chiefs. You don't expect you're not going to have them score. But if you can run successfully, and we've seen Dallas's defense to this point is, is just a rumor. Uh, you know, their strongest attribute seems to be intentionally trying to harm people. Um, you know, so if you want to slow the game down and you can do that by dominating time of possession and by running and Cleveland's pretty well set up, I'm a little nervous about hunt because a groin injury for a running back doesn't seem good, especially one that kind of really uses speed and quickness. But I think the fact he went back and logged a limited practice on Friday and the fact that OBJ came off the injury report and practice in full might tell you that they were getting a little bit of a, you guys are important veteran players, so we're not going to have you kill yourself in a game where that we think has the potential to be a track meet. Are you guys... Um... Or is this more? Do you guys think this could be a get right game for the passing offense? We saw obviously in week two that that kind of worked out, although it was really more one big play to Odell. But Dallas, their weakness is in the secondary. They get passed all over. Are we, do we think at all? Is it just Odell? Do we think Jarvis gets a good right game? He hasn't had that big game yet. What are you guys' thoughts on those two, really quick? I think some of it is going to depend on how much internal pressure Baker puts on himself to play well in Texas. Um, you know, he can be his own worst enemy mentally. And when he gets back down there in that region, I think sometimes he he's he feels like 
he has to be so perfect that if he isn't, uh, it starts to get to him. And he tries to do, uh, if, if Mayfield has one fatal flaw, it's that he doesn't play. He'll make one Pat Mahomes style play. And he thinks that he can do that all the time. And he doesn't play within his own limits. Uh, when he plays within his limits, then he's then he's accurate. Then he's making good decisions. And if he can get back there and that line stays healthy, gives him a decent amount of time so that he can set his base and not have happy feet, make good throws, uh, I, I think it could be a get-right game, but it's going to come down to the pressure on Baker. If the offensive line keeps him, keeps him clean, uh, I think potentially they could they – could, hit a couple of good passing plays. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, if I'm Cleveland, I'm trying to run and dominate time of possession and slow down possessions. The nightmare probably for Browns fans is defensively, you've been done pretty well stopping the run, but past, you know, the past defense hasn't been great. And now you're playing a team that, you know, Dak threw for 472 yards against the Seahawks in Seattle last week. I think Dallas wants to throw. In in that case, I think, you know, you're also playing a defense in Dallas that hasn't been very good at stopping, uh, you know, opponents from from going against them. They gave up quite a bit to the Rams. They gave up 39 points and a lot of yards to the Falcons. They gave up five passing touchdowns to Russell Wilson last week. So if not now, when, if you want to see that Browns pass off and get going. Yeah, I I agree with you there. It's got to be this week. I actually think Jarvis could have a – could have a good game here. I actually think, as as much as I hate to say this, because I'm so invested in to Odell, uh, I think this could end up being more of a Jarvis game than Odell. But I'm with you, with you guys on this. Has to be the game that they get right. If if they can't pass the ball against this Dallas defense, they're not going to stay in this game. As much as I know they're going to try and control the clock with Chubb, they're going to have to pass to keep up with this high powered Dallas offense. Clearly, we think Dallas is going to have a good game. We've got Dak at two, Elliott at two, Cooper at five, Gallup at 23, and Lamb at 22. All five guys finishing as top 24 options this week. Dallas offense, it should have a huge game this week, and I hate to say that, but the Browns defense is bad. They are good against the run, so I would be a little worried about Zeke. They've actually done a really good job stopping the run, uh, but are we worried as about Cedric Wilson at all eating into some of these wide receiver uh, wide receiver upside here with these three guys in Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb? I don't think you worry about Cedric Wilson. I think that just happened to be the – I. Fluke might not be the right word, but they're not game planning for Cedric Wilson, the Cowboys. That is, you, you know, when when the, if he gets put into a three wide receiver set because someone needs a a a, a breather, or they're in a four wide receiver set, um, it's it's more about they're going to go to the open guy, and it just happened to be that uh, that it was Wilson uh, a number of times. So I'm not necessarily worried about Wilson. Will he have a couple games where he pops like this? Him and maybe Noah Brown. I think Noah Brown played a decent amount of snaps as well. Uh, But it's the big three, Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. Um, And when they're producing, even against good run defenses, 
I think that's going to help create some room for Zeke Elliott too. Yeah, and you know the Dallas offense is only going to get a little bit better this week if Tyron Smith stays on track. He looks like he's tracking to be back playing, and I know Dak will appreciate that greatly because if he was able to throw for 472 yards with him missing, uh, you know, God only knows. But that's Browns' best hope is if they can get some actual pressure and, and cave in and force some of those throws because we've seen Dak's not immune from making. Uh, some big mistakes as well. I'm not super worried about Cedric Wilson. I think it's the big three. It was really good to see Gallup get going last week. Hopefully they can. That way, that had been kind of a concern after a couple of games. It looked like Gallup might be the odd man out. It'll be good to see them get going. But they, you know, I think Cedric Wilson, a tight end like Dalton Schultz, Dennis's guy Noah Brown. You could even see they've been mixing in Tony Pollard. He could have games. Some of those guys might pop occasionally when you're throwing for. Three four hundred yards a game, you know, guys get opportunities, but I think the focus has got to be on the the big three. All right, we already know who I'm picking to win the game. So who are you two picking? I'm I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't pick the Browns. So, oh yeah, I'm gonna go Cowboys. Fair enough. All right. Next up, the one and two Saints versus the one and two Lions for the New Orleans side. Man, are they beat up in this one? We got Drew Brees coming in at 16, Alvin Kamara at one. Both Thomas and Jared Cook have been ruled out. What are your thoughts on the New Orleans passing game now? Are you believing Adam Troutman might have a chance? He was really highly touted rookie coming out of college, or maybe Taysom Hill. Matt's favorite NFL player getting a little bit of love this week now with really nobody else on this roster. What are you guys thinking about this New Orleans offense? Well, you got the wrong hill. It's Josh Hill. Um, I think Taysom is 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 and always will be just a, a gimmick guy. And while he may pop here or there, um, he's not gonna. You're not gonna see Taysom Hill come out and play 65, 70 snaps at tight end. Um, you know, Troutman played 52% of the snaps last week. Josh Hill played 33. Uh, where's Cook? Cook played 34%. Uh, so I, I think it ends up being probably fairly close to a 50-50 split with Troutman and Hill. Um, but Drew has a connection with Hill going back, you know, five years now. Uh, Hill's been there quite a while. And when other tight ends, you know, uh, what I think he was there even at the end, maybe not the end of the Graham era, um, uh, with Jared Cook when Cook was there, uh, he's always been able to step up for a game or two uh, and, and produce at a decent level. I don't think Hill is somebody that's going to give you numbers week in, week out in a starting role. Um, but he can fill in in, in a pinch and, and might produce uh, tight end two numbers fairly easily. Uh, Troutman looked good in the snaps I've seen him play. So uh, if if I have to, you know, hopefully I don't have to start one of them. But I think if I do, uh, I'd probably start Hill over Troutman. Um, but just by a nose. 
First of all, the first Saints passing play of the 2020 season was a pass to Taysom Hill, who was lined up at tight end. So they 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 are going to use him, and they do run packages in place for him. I would take him over Josh Hill any day because Josh Hill's been waiting for his uh, breakout fantasy relevance season since the beginning of time, uh, and it has not happened. And uh, Taysom Hills has. Taysom Hill has had a heck of a lot more high-scoring games than. I mean, the, he's had the, the yeah, but years. how do you know when to play him? I mean, you stick when Taysom they have Hill absolutely in. Absolutely no weapons. You left. stick Taysom Hill in and hope he gets a play. Waste a roster spot on it. Take a one. If or, you're playing, or, if you're playing a Saints tight end right now, with what we've seen from Josh from Drew Brees, you are. You are making a prayer to the Lord that you're going to get yeah. some kind of points. What I thought about their passing game was it was nice to see him develop more of a connection with Emmanuel Sanders last week. It seemed like he was able to get into a groove and they were able to kind of connect with each other and have some nice plays. I would expect that's going to continue a little bit. But in terms of other receivers, you know, we've seen Deontay Harris, they like his speed, but. He hasn't really gotten involved. Traquan had an interesting game when they were playing the Raiders, but seemed to disappear a lot last year. I don't, you know, Sanders has some appeal to me. I know what Dennis is saying about the tight ends. You could take a, you could take shots on that. Somebody named Hill could end up putting up points, but I think that that's kind of, that's sort of a gamble. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one of the hills, I'd probably go Taysom because as as much as I hate to to feed into to Matt's love for him here, I feel like he's probably already outscored Josh Hill in their fantasy careers as well with the amount of points. I, I think he's got the bigger upside. I I don't disagree. Josh Hill's probably going to be out there starting on every single play because he's an actual tight end. But I think you have a better chance of Taysom Hill getting you a ton of points than actually. I don't know, Josh Hill. I forgot what his name was there for a minute because, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to start either. I'm probably the same thing I'm doing with Drew Sample. I'll just leave it blank and take zero. For Detroit, well, I think from a wide receiver standpoint, uh, Traquan Smith is stepping up. And so uh, it's, I, I think you can comfortably put him and Sanders in roughly the same spot. So if you have either one of them, you, you know, you have that, I think, wide receiver three sort of comfort for them. For Detroit side here, we've got Matt Stafford coming in at 15, Kenny Galladay at 13, and TJ Hawkinson at nine. The Saints are now missing two corners with injury, so it should be a good passing game. The highest running back we have ranked right now is Adrian Peterson, who comes in at 30. What are your guys' thoughts on that, the running back position? Are you willing to start any of these guys, the three, Adrian Peterson, Swift, or carry on? I I think, unfortunately, they've shown the willingness to give Peterson the ball 15 times a game. And he's he's getting some yards. Uh, He had one of the slowest spin moves I think I've ever seen last week. Uh, And and I I kept watching people retweet it, and I'm like, are you guys playing it on fast forward or what? Because that was a slow ass spin move. Um, now he made the guy miss, but still, it, it was not quickness by any stretch. Uh, you know, it's. I, I think that Detroit is, is in a situation now where uh, it doesn't matter which running back you start; they're going to screw you. Matt Patricia learned well from the master Bill Belichick on that one. Uh, I'm a little bit with you. It gives me a moment of pause that we saw 
DeAndre Swift's um, snap share go right into the toilet the first game Kenny Galladay came back. You know, that could be a coincidence or it could be that they were running Swift out there a lot more because they were trying to pass to running backs because they didn't trust their wide receivers. Um, that gives me a moment to pause. It also, last week w- was probably the best Detroit has looked because we all think Arizona is not too bad of a team. I was surprised Detroit went out to Arizona and, you know, they were up for pretty much throughout that game. It was close, but they were up and, and you know, they got a big win. They're going to, you know, the Saints do not look incredible right now, probably, as you've said before, because we all picked them into the Super Bowl. So um, I'm sorry, New Orleans. Dennis is right. Adrian Peterson, <clears throat> probably the safest. He's also right. Whoever you pick is going to screw you. I'm not bailing off Swift just yet. I'm still starting him. I do think that uh, Peterson got the run that he did last week because Matt Patricia came out and said they wanted to control the clock, kind of like we talked about what Cleveland has to do against Dallas this week. It is unfortunate that Detroit ended up winning that game because I feel like that's what they're going to now try to continue doing with Adrian Peterson. Um, I do. I, I get the argument with Galladay. I just I think Swift is too talented. I don't think Galladay affects him that much. They they don't necessarily play. I, I still think Swift is going to be a guy out of the backfield. I think it was an aberration. If I see it again this week, I may change my mind. But I still think Swift. I mean, if you're at this point, you could be desperate with running back with with the way the injuries have been. Obviously, again, bye week now with Henry and James Conner. I, I still think Swift has some serious upside, so I, I am not giving up on him just yet. I am picking the Lions to win this game. Who are you guys taking? I'll go Lions. What the hell? I pick, I pick the Saints before all the – People were registered out, and that's what I published. So I'll stay with the Saints. But no, you don't have to stay with them. I have less really confidence. Different. I'm not like you, just making it up on the fly. I'm going to stick with the picks that I told people. No, I, I didn't make it up on fly. That's that's who I picked in the chat. That's who I just I've been I just try to remember who I picked. I'm not always right, but that's what matters. What matters is the chat. People don't care what I say in here. They're not going to remember that. Three and zero Seahawks versus the one and two Dolphins um, for Seattle side. Here we have Wilson coming in at one. Chris Carson, who does look like he's going to play, coming in at RB nineteen. DK Metcalf at two. Tyler Lockett at four. Are you guys worried at all with Carson coming back from obviously the knee sprain? Carlos Hyde is hurt as well, so I think if Carson's out, it's going to be the Travis Homer show. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an issue. DJ Dallas. I hope DJ Dallas gets in there. I, I've got him on a bunch of rosters, but I, I, I honestly think Carson's going to play. He's practiced. He looks like he's good to go. If he's in there, if he's playing, I'm starting him. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I think you have to. Carson has shown himself to be pretty durable when he's healthy enough to play. He's not just going to go out there and put the team in a bad spot. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if maybe – they give Hyde an extra series or two just to sort of, you know. If he plays. He, yeah. He was added to the injury report. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. I mean, he's been on there. He's questionable that it's a shoulder. So oh, okay. It's tough to tell. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I could see where it might normally be an 80-20 split for snaps. Maybe it ends up being a, a 60-40 kind of 65-35 split. So I, I think if you if uh, as long as something doesn't happen in the next forty eight hours, um, 
36 hours. Uh, I think you roll Carson out there and, and uh, expect him to do what he does. Yeah, I think if he's active, I'm starting him too. I think the real danger, though, is Miami hasn't been great. Uh, and if you know Seattle's able to build a big lead, do we see a lot of Travis Homer just because they're trying to save Carson and hide for later? So that, that would be my only concern. But you, this offense has produced so much points and been so much of an opportunity, and Carson's done it receiving when he hasn't been doing it on the ground too. So I think you got to play him for the upside on Miami side here. Gaskin coming in at 24, Mike Gusecki at 10. Uh, I think this is a great matchup. I think this is actually has a, a sneaky shootout potential in this one with as bad as Seattle's defense has looked. We know that Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick is not afraid to sling the ball. Even after he's thrown three interceptions, I could see easily a three touchdown, three interception game coming for, for Fitzpatrick. I am the only one who ranked Preston Williams. Are you guys not believing in the possibility of this being a, a high scoring game? Um, I, I believe in the possibility of it. I, I just feel like I've been so disappointed by Wilson, Wilson, uh, Williams, excuse me, uh, at, up to this point in the season that, uh, you know, I want to see him have a breakout. I, I don't think I have Devonte Parker super high either. And, uh, it, it's, you know, I know they're letting Russ cook, but given the fact that Miami's uh, offense is not uh, a juggernaut by any stretch, uh, if he starts making some plays, it wouldn't surprise me. Did we lose him? I think so. I was like, did I freeze or did Dennis freeze? But then you moved your eyes, and I was like, oh, there we go. Uh, you know, I agree with you. There's the potential for a shootout here. Um, Preston Williams, guy that I, I really liked last year, that I like the potential of. I'm with Dennis. I did not rank Devontae Parker super high. I think our consensus ranking had him like 28, 29, maybe 30, so kind of just in the upper wide receiver three. He could have a decent game. Isaiah Ford has had some decent game. My concern with Miami is sometimes they just implode when you think that they're going to – put put up points yeah so you know it could be a shootout they could also give you like 10 points uh or their team could score 10 points and i like gaseki um you know as probably a better option there and gaskin's been catching some passes uh so we'll have to see i'm with dennis though preston williams needs to show us some more involvement. I know he had a touchdown last week, but he had two catches for seven yards and a touchdown. It just isn't enough volume, it seems like, yet. Yeah, I guess I'm the only one all in on this. I just pulled up our ranking. So Dennis has Parker at 33. Matt, you have him at 30. And Ricky has him at 24. I have him at 12 because I really am buying. I don't think... I like Gaskin, and I actually, unfortunately, have to start him in a couple of these. I don't think he has a huge game, at least rushing-wise. They're only allowing like two-point-something yards a carry right now. They, they've actually been really good stopping the run. They just have not been that good in the past game. Now, Gaskin can catch passes, so I still expect him to get some passing work and, and come through for you there, but I do think this could be a very pass-heavy game. Uh, I think 
you know, I'm not expecting Williams to have a huge game here, but I do think he could come through for you, especially if he gets you a touchdown in the end zone, obviously, because that's the only place you can score touchdowns. Who are you guys picking to win this game? Uh, Seattle. As am I. Yeah, I'm going with Seattle. All right. Someone's going to get off the schneid this week. You got the 0-3 Vikings and the 0-3 Texans. For the Vikings, it's all about Cook and Thielen. We've got Cook at 4, Thielen at 11. Now, obviously, Jefferson had the big game last week. He comes in at wide receiver 39 for us. Is he flex-worthy for you guys this week, or do you need to see it one more week before you move him up? Well, I think it comes down to who your options are. Um at this well, point, right now, it looks like we've got 38 better options according to our rankings. So, right. So, if you if so, that means in a standard league, he's a that starts three wide receivers. Yep. He he's a high end flex. Yes. So yeah, you start him. You know, if if you if you have three wide receivers and two flex spots, he's probably going to be one of those two flexes and he's shown he's got wide receiver one upside. Yep. So what you paid for him in a draft uh, in, in redraft leagues, uh, you know, those are the types of guys that win you leagues, if they uh, can be consistent, I, I think the biggest uh, stumbling block to Justin Jefferson's consistency uh, is captain Kirk. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, though, most of us are in leagues where you start three receivers and then you have a few in the flex. I liked what Jefferson did. He does seem like the second-best target. I would imagine they're going to have to do uh, some stuff to get going. I think he's worth a flex. Now, if you're playing him thinking you're going to get 175 yards and a couple of touchdowns, then you're fooling yourself. But I think he's growing into it, getting into the offense. I also take objection to you saying one of these teams is going to get off the snide. The Eagles and the Bengals have proven that there doesn't have to be a winner in these games. There's going to be a winner. There's no way we get another tie. There's just no way. I don't yeah, believe don't, it. It is 2020. Gods that way. It is don't 2020, so I guess there is there is a serious possibility. On Houston's side, we've got Watson at 9, uh, David Johnson at 23, and Will Fuller at 26. Now, obviously, Wooler. Wooler. Will Fuller is dealing with a hamstring injury. Are you trusting he's completely him? Completely off the injury. Is he? Okay. Yeah, he's completely so, off. Now that he's completely off the injury report, you know, we talked unfortunately about Tony starting Brandon Cooks yesterday because we didn't think Will Fuller would be healthy. Are you leaning into Will Fuller this week or is it Brandon Cooks for you guys? If I don't have to lean into either one of them, I'm not. Got to pick yeah. one. Got to pick one. Just you know, uh, just like our offseason shows, you got to take somebody. Yeah, no, I, I think if you're faced with Fuller and Cooks, and both are healthy, you're starting Fuller. I mean, that chemistry is there. Uh, it's though I what was it a couple games ago? There were you know he was healthy, and there was little like zero uh, attempts at him. So I, I, you know, Fuller has shown himself to be. Uh, a very explosive playmaker, and if he's playing, uh, I think I take Fuller's ceiling over Cooks's floor. Yeah, and there's really three guys there because we've seen Fuller have a big game, we've seen Cooks be the biggest game, and then we've seen Randall Cobb. Um, so start Kenny off. Stills this week? <laughs> Honestly, to me, I almost would say Fuller, Cobb, Cooks. 
but it's wide receiver roulette. So that it is. Yeah. I, man, Cobb looked good last week. But see, that's the problem. I feel like he always. I know, but that's the thing. It's like even with Green Bay, Dallas, like he has that one big game. He kind of lures you in. You're like, all right, you know what? You look good. I'm going to start him again. And then he goes back to doing nothing. So it's so hard for me to trust Cobb. I feel like I, I do kind of actually agree with you on the rankings there, though. I would go Fuller Cobb Cooks. Cooks, I mean, he, to me, he's the most talented of the three, but he just for whatever reason does not seem to be able to do it on the field anymore. I, I don't know why. All right, who are you guys picking to win this game, Houston or Minnesota? Are you going for a tie? I will leave that option available to you. I am betting on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I'm so going to take Houston at home as well. Same. The 2-1 and one Arizona Cardinals against the 1-2 and two Carolina Panthers. For Arizona, we've got Murray coming in at 6, Drake coming in at 15, and Hopkins coming in at 1. Hopkins is a game time decision with the ankle injury. This is lining up. Oh, and sorry. And Christian Kirk, apparently. Sorry, I did not realize that. And Christian Kirk are both game time decisions. This is lining up to be a Kenyon Drake type of game with as bad as uh, Carolina is against the run. If Hopkins and Kirk are out, are you buying into Andy Isabella? I think the guy you might want to buy into is Keyshawn Johnson. Is Akeem? Oh, that's right. Never mind. He's not on the roster anymore. Go ahead. Talk about Keyshawn. Well, it, it just, he seems, you know, he's been getting snaps. They they like him. The team likes him. And uh, I I think the difference, I'm starting Keyshawn probably because I want somebody that's going to have more opportunity uh, that, especially if, if Nuke is playing and, uh, Kirk is out, then Keyshawn will be in there. Isabella, even when, you know, he's been playing a steady 25, 30% of the snaps. And it doesn't matter what's going on with the rest of the wide receiver core, people in, people out. Uh, Isabella gets that same snap share. So I think to expect all of a sudden, He's going to go up to 75 or 80 percent. It's probably not going to happen. I, I think that you end up with, you know, Larry playing a more prominent role. Maybe Dan Arnold plays, a uh, you know, a little more uh, out at wide receiver and they uh, activate Jordan Thomas and play him on the occasional tight end spot. Maybe they use more uh, Chase Edmonds uh, at wide receiver. But I feel like Isabella is a guy you play if you've, you know, he's a desperation play when you you need somebody to get a long touchdown uh, uh, on Monday night or Sunday night and, and you're throwing a Hail Mary. That's the Isabella role, and I don't know that that changes. I, it does seem like Isabella the last two weeks has developed a little bit of chemistry with Kyler, so that makes him interesting if the other two were out. I think if Hopkins plays, you're still going with him, and the guy that we – haven't really mentioned Larry Fitzgerald is still there. He hasn't been a huge factor, but you know, he's a great veteran receiver. I would probably trust him more than Andy Isabella at this point in time. I'd I'd have to see a little bit more. Um, But I do, the questions I have more, you know, Christian Kirk, but it does seem like uh, playing Carolina, who is not great against the run. If Kenyon Drake's ever going to kind of get off the snide and get to somewhere in that white, running back one territory that we we thought he might have a chance to be, this would be a good week week to get jump started. 
And I think you had our Thrive bet for this one, right, Dennis? Oh, yeah. So let's see. What do they have? If Hopkins plays, Thrive Fantasy has his receptions over under at 7.5. Are you comfortable if he plays that he can get there? That's tough for me. I might actually go under. I think this is going to be more of a Drake game. What would you guys do? If he plays, I'm going over. Yeah, I I mean, they're, they're feeding him the ball every bit as much uh, as he got it in Houston. I, I think that uh, – and, and he's he's a beast when the ball's in the air. It's his ball. So I, I think if Hopkins plays, um, he, I'd probably take the over. I'm taking the over on that. For Carolina, Mike Davis comes in at RB20. DJ Moore comes in at wide receiver 20. And Robbie Anderson comes in at wide receiver 29. Has Robbie Anderson solidified himself to being a starting option every single week? Yeah, I think he's every bit as reliable now as Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I, I agree. He's getting the volume. And, you know, he was a free agent they went out and got. We, I know some of us thought, Curtis Samuel might might have a chance to rise, but it seems like Robbie Anderson's the one that yeah one out for Curtis Samuel. <laughs> so, damn it, man, love me some Curtis Samuel. Yeah, it, it, you know Anderson. In what it is is he's just he's making the play when so I, the difference between I think him and Samuel last year is that um, when the ball is out there. Samuel uh, last season wasn't getting it. Samuel had a shit ton of air yards last season. He just couldn't connect with with Kyle Allen or whichever Allen it was that was playing quarterback. Yeah, it was um, Kyle Allen. Teddy is getting the ball out there in a spot where is catching it. Um, I'd love to see you know them flip flop and put Curtis out there, but I think Matt Rule is you know he's looking at Curtis as, as that weapon kind of player and. Man, that kind of sucks when you know those. They're man have they're like oh we need to manufacture touches for him, so maybe he's just not as good a route runner as uh, it was it was perceived initially. Um, but yeah, Rob, I, I think I'm pretty comfortable rolling Robbie out there. Who you guys picking, Arizona or Carolina? Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. I'm gonna go Arizona. I wish I had the guts to pick Carolina in an upset. Arizona Cardinals. Oh, man. Love it. Got to love it. All right. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm taking Carolina. All right. There we go. There we go. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, For the Chargers side here, we've got Eckler coming in at 7, Keenan Allen at wide receiver 14, and Hunter Henry at tight end 6. No Mike Williams in this game. With him being out, do we think Herbert can get a win and solidify himself the starter of the Chargers? And do you expect Guyton or Hill to possibly get an uptick in looks without Mike Williams being there? Well, I was actually faced with the choice in a league uh, with Mike Williams being out. Do I pick up Guyton or do I pick up Hill? And I picked up Guyton. Um, I, I think Hill is, you, you know, he. <laughs> He's going to get some playing time, and it could be I could be completely wrong. Uh, and Hill is the one that is productive. But Hill was, you know, when I was watching the game last week, uh, the snaps I'm seeing Hill play, uh, he's not catching 
him the ball very well. He's he's having some drop issues, and and I think uh, uh, I'm going to go Guyton, and he's going to be the guy I, I'm going to pick out of those two. Though I think uh, with with Williams out, both are going to get some play. Yeah, I think both are going to get some play, um, but I'm not really comfortable starting either. Uh, Williams went out pretty early last week, and we didn't see huge games. I still think Eckler, Hunter Henry, and Keenan Allen are going to be the real uh, focus there. And the Buccaneers actually have a pretty decent pass defense. Um, They've done pretty well. They have a pretty decent defense overall. I still think Herbert has kind of done enough that they shouldn't go back. to Tyrod Taylor, I don't think you unwind that bell, but I'm not sure about them getting a win on the road here. Yeah, I mean, Guyton played 81% of the snaps last week, while Williams played 51 and Hill played 49. Yeah, I would not feel comfortable starting either one of them either. If I had to pick one of the two, I would go Guyton. Um, and I'll just say right now, I'm picking Tampa Bay to win. I, I don't think, even if Herbert loses this game, I still think he should be the starter. I feel like we've already said that for the past couple episodes here with what he did against the Chiefs, in my opinion. He already solidified himself as a starter. But if he wins this game, I do think there's no way they can put Tyrod in. But this is going to be a tough game for him. That being said, I think last week wasn't a great game for him, and neither was obviously the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's proven himself to be a very good quarterback so far. On Tampa Bay side here, Ronald Jones at 28 and Mike Evans at wide receiver 10. Fournette and Godwin are both out. Miller is questionable as well. Um, Are you trusting the tight ends? Are we expecting a bump possibly for Rojo when we redo our Saturday rankings? Yeah, I I definitely am moving uh, Jones up with uh, Fournette being out. Uh, I, I don't know how you, you, you can't, you can't, I think I had Fournette in the mid twenties or so, um, maybe even a touch higher and to, uh, not move Jones up, I think would be a, a bit of an egregious move. Yeah. I'll probably move Jones up a little bit too. Um, he's obviously going to get more work, but it's not an incredible matchup. The chargers have done pretty well. Uh, holding running backs in check. They they didn't uh, let Edwards Lair get that much against them. They held Mixon down. They've they've got a pretty good uh, front. It's gonna be I think this could end up actually being a much lower scoring game than some of us thought because Godwin's out. Miller's beat up. Um, Evans appears to only catch one yard touchdowns uh, in his you know that seems to be the track of his season. Um, so I'm actually interested. They worked uh, last week to get both O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski involved. I think they may do the same thing again this week. Well, I'm going to recant my uh, uh, Ronald Jones statement because I had the foresight to not rank Fournette. Um, ah, nice. So I had Jones at 23, and with uh, taking out Henry, Connor, and Melvin Gordon, who were ahead of him, he'll drop in there at uh, RB20 going into the Sunday's Sunday games. So, Yeah, I'll move him up a little bit, but not much. I do agree with you, Matt. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and I, I am also going to recant something. I'm changing my, I, I think Herbert's going to win this game, baby. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm going to go change my pick in ESPN right now. I'm taking my boy. Herbert and the Chargers get the upset here, get the victory. Who are you guys taking? Uh, I hate Tom Brady. I'm going to take the Chargers. <laughs> 
I'm going to take the Buccaneers. All right. That's why you keep falling down in the rankings there too, man. We'll see. <laughs> Ravens at two and one in Washington at one and two on Baltimore side. We've got Lamar coming in at four. Mark Ingram coming in at running back 27. Marquise Hollywood Brown coming in at wide receiver 32. And Mark Andrews coming in at tight and one. I mean, I kind of feel like this is obvious, but bounce back game for the Ravens here against a bad Washington defense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be, right? I would hope yeah. so, but you angry. never know. Be, uh, the Ravens should be angry, too. I think the only I'm thing sure that would be a little bit of a concern is their running game hasn't gotten on track that incredible so far this season and Washington uh, chase young's out, but the best part of their defense seems to be the front. Well, and yeah. Ionitis is out as well. So uh, I think that, you know, I feel like the Ravens are going to be up substantially and I have, uh, where did I put him? Uh, so I, I have Gus Edwards at 30 and Mark Ingram at 32 because I think they're going to get up and Ingram is going to become that you know big cheerleader on the bench and they're going to let Gus Edwards tear off you know eight, nine yards at a time for about a quarter and a half and then they're going to let Dobbins you know play the fourth quarter and it'll just be one of those games where, uh, if, if it was a true bell cow that carried the ball, you might have 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns or four touchdowns, but they're going to split it so much that uh, uh, Ingram, Ingram and, and Edwards are going to kind of lead the way with uh, Edwards, I think, uh, getting most of it. Yeah, my uh, my Scott Fishbowl team would not like that very much. I, I had Mark Ingram as my second running back. Uh, Mark Andrews, our Thrive bet on this one, 55.5 receiving yards in this one, over or under. I will take the over. I'm taking the under. It's, okay. I'm, I, I'm the biggest Andrews fan, but it's not clicking for them this year. And, and maybe it's a get-right game and he gets it. But the connect, and it's not just that it was Kansas City. Uh, he's not putting up the big numbers and, and getting as much volume as he did last year. It, at least it doesn't feel like it because of the number of teams that I roster him on. He is not being nearly as damn productive as he needed to be uh, for what I paid for his uh, participation. I'm going to take the over. On Washington's side here, we've got Gibson coming in at 29 and McLaurin at 21. Gibson's snap share is not going up that much. Uh, I actually think this is going to be a very bad matchup for him. Do you guys expect him to finish out the year as an RB2? Uh, it's going to be right around that borderline. I I, I think McKiss is, so, some of it's going to come down to whether or not McKissick stays healthy. Um, because they are showing a lot of trust in McKissick, especially on passing downs. So with McKissick there, um, and then Peyton Barber, you know, the the ultimate vulture. And uh, who knows what's going to go on with if they're ever going to give Bryce Love a shot. So it, it's 
Uh, Bryce Love just landed on the IR. Oh, did he? About 20 minutes ago. Yeah, another knee injury. Yeah, I saw it while we were talking about another game, unfortunately. So, you know, not that he was relevant. Um, So, you know, I, I think Gibson, the biggest thing he has to overcome is the lack of reps. And while you can only overcome the lack of reps by getting more reps, uh, it's tough sometimes to give you those reps in an NFL game. Yeah, I think he's going to finish just outside uh, RB2 range. Any shot, when are you taking the Reds, um, the Washington football team to win this game? I'm not taking either. Taking the Ravens. Taking the nope. Ravens as well. The 0-3 Giants versus the 2-in-1 Rams. On the Giants' side, it's Darius Slayton. I mean, is, and even that him, I'm not feeling great starting. What about no. you guys? I have to start Slayton in a couple places, yeah. and I too so do don't, I. don't feel good about it, but that's I have to start Golden Tate in one or two places too because of all that's going on. I don't feel great about it. Yep, I had to move Deontay Johnson out of a lineup and put Slayton in. I wasn't very happy about that, but it's the times we live in. Yeah, but I don't know that Deontay Johnson has really been that much more productive than Slayton. He's so a better offense. He is, you know. That's all that matters at this point. So I I think Slayton is a volume play. Uh, he's, you know, if the Rams if the Rams move the ball like they did, was it last week when – Goff looks so good. He's looked good the past two weeks. Yeah. I think outside of the the Cowboys game where they had a lot of passing yards, they just couldn't get in the end zone. The Rams have looked good. Yeah. So the Giants are going to have to keep up. And uh, with with no Saquon Barkley, they're not keeping up on the ground. It's going to be through the air. So uh, Slayton's going to – I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity. I think well, last week showed that they uh, they don't have to keep up. They may want to keep yeah. up, but they they don't have to, and they may not be able to. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what's honestly hurting Slate the most is not having Barkley. You only have to defend this team one way until one of those running backs can step up and and show that they can beat you on the ground, if that's even possible. All they have to do is defend the pass. So I, I think that's what's hurt Slate more than anything else. On the Rams side here, Goff comes in at QB ten. Uh, Henderson coming in RB21, Robert Woods, wide receiver six, Cooper Cup, wide receiver 15, and Tyler Higby eight. So much like the Dallas Cowboys, we are all in on all of the Rams players. After what we've seen at Darrell Henderson the past couple weeks, Cam Akers out again this week. Do you feel that Henderson has locked up the backfield or the starting job, I should say? Um, I I think it's good. He's going to continue to get volume this week. When Akers comes back, though, they're going to try to give Akers um, the the snaps and carries to justify his draft capital. And if the, if the team is playing better, it'll be easier for Akers to play better. And I think eventually Akers overtakes Henderson. Maybe not this year. Uh, it may not be until next year. Uh, but I think Akers is definitely the b- better talent over Henderson. Uh, but Henderson just needs to control what he can, which is when the ball is put in his hands, make plays. And this this season, he's starting to do that. 
Yeah, I think it's always going to be a committee, but I, I think Henderson uh, right now is going to be the first look on that committee, even when uh, Akers comes available. Akers just wasn't doing a lot with his touches. I think he needs some, he might take some more time to grow into it. Yeah, uh, that's actually where I'm leaning as well. I heard a very interesting interview on SiriusXM talking about that, that uh, Sean McVay was talking about how Cam Akers was struggling to pick up the offense. It's the same thing they were saying about Darrell Henderson last year, and I wonder if it's just because of how many things go into this offense. It takes these running backs a little bit longer to pick up that I could see Akers taking over more next year because I do think he's more talented than Henderson. And Henderson, because he's been in the offense already for a year, seems to kind of have a grasp of the offense, does kind of keep the job and run with it the rest of this year. And then I don't doubt we see Akers, but I think Akers maybe becomes a starter more next year than anything coming back and doing it this year. Uh, Anybody picking the Giants to get their first win this year? No, I'm taking the Rams. Taking the Rams too. Am I the three and zero Buffalo Bills against the two and one Oakland? I'm Las Vegas Raiders. Man, I'm messing up all the teams today. On Buffalo's side, we've got Allen coming in at QB three, Singletary at RB twenty six, and Stephon Diggs at wide receiver twelve. Moss is still questionable with the toe injury. Uh, Brown is is Brown playing? I thought Brown was out. He's off the injury report now. My goodness, everybody's off the injury report. If you had to pick Brown or Beasley flex options, would you take both or either or? I think it would depend on which one I'm rostering because I'm not going to roster both of them. Oh, that's true. So, if you were rostering yeah. both of them, who would you pick? For me, it'd be Beasley. I think he's shown I, a really good connection with Allen this year, and I think having Dig stretch the field helps. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I think with Beasley, Beasley tends to get more of the volume. It's it's sort of that setup where Beasley Beasley gets six catches for sixty yards, and Brown gets three catches for sixty yards. And in that case, you you want the one with the most catches uh, because you're playing PPR like a grown ass man. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Brown because in the two games when he was healthy and out there, he was looking really good opposite Diggs, and he was the better scorer. I feel like we also saw Gabe Davis, who seemed to kind of come in for Brown, have a pretty good game uh, last week as well. Uh, They both could end up having some value because, you know, Josh Allen has thrown for at least 300 yards in every game this season. But um, I like – I think – Brown and Diggs have been playing really well off each other when they've been in there. So that's where I would lean. On Las Vegas here, Jacobs coming in RB10 and Waller tight end four. Edwards is out. Ruggs is doubtful. Are you trusting anybody outside of those two wide or receiving option wise? Give me Zay Jones all day. It's going to finally come true. Renfro is the one I like the best, but I would not want to have to start any of them. Now, I, I think you can start Renfro comfortably as a wide receiver three, flex play wide receiver three. Uh, I, he he just he gets the volume there. And uh, if Gruden, Gruden likes those grinder type guys, and that's what Renfro is. Well, we're split on the podcast because I am forced to start Nelson Aguilar in a couple places. So that's <laughs> who I'm hoping for. Who <laughs> are you guys picking to win? The uh, the Raiders or the Bills? I am taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll take the Bills. I tried to Should- think of a reason not to, but. 
Uh, should be a very interesting game here in the late window. The two and one Patriots versus the three and zero Kansas City Chiefs. We've got Newton coming in at eight and Edelman coming in at nineteen. RBs we've seen kind of all over the place. Michelle had a good game a couple weeks ago. Rex Burkhead has a huge game last week. We've got Michelle coming in at 35 and Burkhead at 34. Do you think, which one do you think has a repeat performance this week? And Damian Harris can play Sunday if he, wait, I'm so confused. Answer the first question. Just do the first, we'll we'll handle the first. I don't want to make this There's There's those two, but then White, is tracking to be back. He's back to practice. And Damian Harris, they said, was tracking to play. So potentially all four are there. Okay, so it, and don't forget so, J.J. Taylor. So, Dennis, yeah. you roster all five running backs for the New England Patriots at this current time in your, your dynasty team, and you have to start one of them. Who are you starting? Who do you believe so, has the better game here? Out that, of all that's guys? my opium den, den team, right? <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> if I have to start one... Patriots running back uh, against Kansas City. I'm starting James White. Yeah, I'm going back to James White too, and I think they may actually make an effort to get him uh, involved. You know, to kind of lift him up after the hard times he's had this uh, this last few weeks. Well, I mean, since you're guilt tripping me into James White there with talking about that, I'm going to go Damian Harris because I'm all in on Damian Harris, and I need him to break out for him because my fantasy team suck right now. Kansas City side, Mahomes, we have coming in at QB5, CEH at uh, running back 11, Tyree Kill, wide receiver 8, and Travis Kelsey, tight end 2. Aside from the big four, we've talked about, obviously, Nicole Hardman had a big week, Sammy Watkins. You taking a shot on anybody outside the top four guys? Not against the Patriots. Well, you know, Bill is the master of take away your number one option. So So who is that then? Who do you think he takes away? Because that was going to be my next question. Well, it, you know, the, the number one option is Mahomes. You can't take Mahomes away. How do you take, yeah, how do you take away the quarterback? What do, what do you do? So uh, then then I think it comes down to Kelsey or, or Hill. So Gilmore will be on Hill. There will be a play, maybe two plays. But I think Gilmore, Gilmore, you can comfortably say, will handle Hill and do what Gilmore does. It'll be a hell of a battle. Both both of them will make make some plays, uh, so you have to take away Kelsey, or you have to take away Clyde Edwards Elair. Isn't that how you say it? Isn't that what Steve Levy said? Elair, uh, dumbass. Um, so I I think it comes down to the, they'll. I think, in my opinion. Belichick is going to say, I want to make the rookie running back beat me. And that's how the defense will be slanted. Um, The unfortunate thing is that Patrick Mahomes doesn't care what Bill Belichick wants. And and, uh, I I think uh, the surprise fantasy guy is going to be Sammy Watkins. Watkins has shown himself to have a relatively uh, comfortable floor. Uh, he's doing that five, six catch thing for 50, 60 yards, um, getting in the end zone occasionally. So I, I don't I don't hate that play. Matt, you trusting anybody outside those top four guys? No, I said earlier, not against the Patriots. 
Uh, our Thrive Fantasy bet for this one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 95.5 total yards. So rushing and receiving. I am taking the under. I'm taking the under as well. You know, I, I, I'm, pr- I'm going to take the under, but if he gets more, it's not going to surprise me because, like I said, I think Belichick is going to say, if you're going to beat me, it's going to have to be the rookie that beats me. But, yeah, I'm taking the under. Who are you picking to win, Kansas City or New England? Chiefs. I'm, yeah, I'm going Chiefs. I do think it's going to be very close, though, but I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs. All right, Sunday night game. The 0-2-1 Philadelphia Eagles and the 2-1 San Francisco 49ers. For Philly, we've got Sanders at 13 and Zach Ertz at 3. Is there anyone that you guys are willing to start outside of Sanders or Ertz? We've got Jeffrey is out. Djax and Jaw are both questionable. Uh, Butler is active, though I'm not expecting much out of him. Uh, for me, I talked about it off air, uh, and I think on the podcast as well. I do think Greg Ward has a shot to actually be. He's the only other player who can catch a ball, it seems like, out there. So Greg Ward, I do think, is a flex-worthy play for me in this game. What about you guys? Yeah, I like Ward. I, yeah. I think he has a good chemistry with uh, Wentz. They had some at the end of last year. He looked good yesterday, yeah. uh, last week too. Ward Ward is showing you that he's a he's a playmaker. He's you know turning into Heinz Ward, and uh, I, I think that you can comfortably put him in your flex spot uh, on a weekly basis. On the 49ers side, we've got McKinnon coming in at 22. Kittle at 11. Mostert and Jimmy G have both been ruled out. Kittle, it looks like, is going to be 100% good to go. He has practiced all week. Uh, do you think that he will be effective being out on the field, as we do know that an MCL sprain is not something easy to come back from? Yeah, I think he'll be effective enough. Uh, I, I don't, you know, Debo is supposed to play this weekend, too. So yeah. Debo, Ayuk, you know, I I think that Kittle gets more effective when there are uh, a couple legitimate options outside of him, and so he doesn't have to carry the load necessarily. And uh, you know, they've shown that Dwelly can spell him, so they they may uh, limit his snaps a little bit. And it may be more of uh, when he's in there, you're going to him as opposed to he plays 100% of the snaps and spends, you know, 50% of them knocking people in the head. Yeah, I I think it's encouraging. He's practiced all week. Um, Looking forward to seeing him return back out there. I may actually bump him up a little bit uh, as we go uh, toward the weekend. Yeah, I think he's going to be good to go. As I mentioned, uh, you know, him practicing all week, I think is good. I'm a little pissed I did not put him in my lineup with the Chris Herndon uh, thing there. Uh, I, I am interested to see what happens with Ayuk and Debo because I do think they're both very similar. And so I'm curious to see how those two are used against a bad Philly team. Uh, who are you guys picking to win, the Eagles or the 49ers? Going with the 49ers. Yeah, you know, the Eagles are. Are just, they're just struggling this season. So Yeah, it's bad. All right, the Monday Night Football game, the 0-3 Atlanta Falcons versus the very weirdly could be also the 3-0 Atlanta Falcons versus the 3-0 Green Bay Packers. 
Matt Ryan coming in at QB 11, Todd Gurley coming in at running back 25, Calvin Ridley wide receiver three, and Hayden Hurst tight end 12. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage are all questionable in this one. It is a Monday night game, so are you holding out hope that they play? If someone sits out as Ridley sat out of practice Thursday, who would be your plan B? Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, or however the God, hell I'm his glad name. that you guys said it because I was just going to say OZ, the original Oz. That's who I was starting. I'm just going to say wide receiver four. There you go. Uh, do either one of you guys, uh, this is the, I guess I'm going to ask you guys this because I blame both of you, by the way, for this. Both of you were very into Hayden Hurst this offseason, and I was adamantly against him. You guys convinced me. I wasn't me. into Hayden Hurst. Uh, maybe it was just Dennis then. Now I got a bone to pick with just Dennis. Matt, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought you into this. You weren't the only one, though. There was a lot of people that were in on Hayden Hurst. I bought all in. I drafted him in a couple places. This is a prime spot for him to break out. Green Bay has not been good covering tight ends in the past couple games. If Hayden Hurst does not have a good game here, are you, I don't want to say dropping him in a redraft league, but are, is he officially moved to being on your bench? I, I, yeah, if he's not producing, of course you move him to your bench. Well, he's not been producing. He's had one good yeah. game. Well, that's he's only he's only had two bad games. Uh, well, that's more than more than one more than good games. That's my problem. All right, yeah, fair enough. I'm a I'm a I'm a little cautious. And to answer the original question, I, I mean, I think you just have to hope uh, Ridley and Julio Jones play. I don't. This, this entire Monday night game holds a ton of passing appeal for both sides. And both sides, the premier wide receivers, are like game time decisions. And if you have some incredible options on Sunday, then you should play those incredible options. But based on where we've been ranking Adams and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I don't think you do. Yes, yeah, that's the one thing that sucks. I wish I could know ahead of time because if – if I knew Ridley and Julio were out, I would fire Hayden Hurst up. I think yeah. he's going to get the, the volume. I think that's been his biggest issue. He's not getting the volume that Hooper got last year, and that's kind of hurting so, you. Hopefully Saturday and Sunday morning uh, reports, oh. you know, because I think it was last week on Sunday morning they said Adam's not going to play. Yeah, so then and, and they knew, ruled out Julio pretty early. Yeah, too, and they ruled so. out Julio. Um, well, they played on Sunday, though. So Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, it was all, really early that they ruled well, really a lot. We've seen a couple of these, you know, Sunday night, Monday night games. They've, they're, you know, we're, everybody's watching like a hawk. So yeah. it's good that all three of these guys practiced on Friday. It, to me, was a little alarming that Ridley appeared on the injury report and didn't practice at all Thursday um, because he is the one that we thought was relatively the most safe gauge trying to clear concussion protocol. The fact he's practicing, it's probably a good sign. Julio with the hamstring, Devonte Adams with the hamstring. They both seem to be playing it back practicing good. So that's encouraging, but it's been a terrible year for marquee receivers, just biting it at the worst possible time. Well, and if you have to pivot on Monday night, you're pivoting to, you know, especially let's say all three of them miss. You've got Jaden Graham at tight end, Brandon Powell, uh, Bobby Tanya, Bobby Robert Tanya, Zacchaeus, Christian Blake. You know, I got to believe that. Who, I'm not sure who they even have on their practice squad. Let's see. Nobody uh, important. Juwan Green, yeah. Chris Rowland. Yeah. So I, I would expect two of the three play. Uh, you know, like you said, Gage looks like he's practicing so he'll 
clear the concussion protocol. Um, who's the other team? The Packers. Packers, yeah. You ain't got uh, much on Packers side either. Yeah, that's what said Bobby depth, Tanyan. That's it. Their depth chart. You know, Darius Shepard, Malik Taylor are the backups, but you know, I could see see them. Uh, you, you know, Jay Sternberger, he he finally is starting to produce. So you you could see uh, potentially Tanyan or Sternberger split out a little bit if the, if they needed to. Um, I don't know what they they had Reggie Begleton on their practice squad. If they had to bring him up, I don't know what the uh, – uh, and Robert Foster, who's a, a veteran. So I don't know uh, what the time limit is to have to bring him up. But uh, 30 minutes before game time. Yeah. yeah. So, so they've got time. Somebody's, somebody's got to step into that Lazard spot. Yeah. Looks like it uh, – according to our lads, Malik Taylor is his direct backup. Yeah. So, so on a, on Green Bay side, we've got Rodgers coming in at seven and Aaron Jones at three. Lazard is out. Adams is questionable. Um, and obviously, we it looks like it's going to be MVS is going to be the guy here. I'm not trusting anybody. I would I would actually throw Robert Tanyan in. He he looks good last week. If if Al, Adams is out, he would be a guy I wouldn't mind flexing because someone's going to get the volume here. It's going to be Jones and MVS. I think is in for a big game. I do think Adams. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it could be a game too where that you end up with Jones playing more receiver type stuff, and they stick Jamal Williams in the backfield. Yep. All right, who you guys picking to win this game? Packers. Yeah, Packers. All right, so that does it for today. We will be back. Me and Matt will be back on Monday to recap everything that happens in week four. Me and Ricky will be live Sunday. Oh, never mind. No, we won't. We will not be live Sunday because I will be at the Browns Cowboys game. So I take that back. Will not be live. But guys, we've mentioned we've doing the Thrive bets in here. Go to thrivefantasy.com. Enter promo code geek. You get $20 on a $20 deposit. Again, you guys can jump in our Discord channel. You can find that on musiccitydrivein.com or hit any of us up on Twitter. We will send you a link to that. And again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will, me and Matt will either do it on Monday or Tuesday next week, a drawing to see who wins the signed Alvin Kamara jersey. Good luck to everybody. Go ahead. Just a quick note: our resident Green Bay Packers fan in most of our leagues, uh, Brandon Bangley, just picked up Darius Shepard of the uh, okay. Packers. So he must feel Shepard might be the guy stepping up, not Taylor. Well, there you go. Little inside information for you guys. So enjoy the week four week. Hope you guys win and your teams don't suck like mine. And we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.